put the kettle on. It's time for some F&T. Here's your host, Kirsten Gentle. Welcome to FTNA's F&T Time, a new podcast and video series aimed at keeping the industry connected and updated. Welcome to another F&T Time. As we approach the end of another disruptive year, particularly for small business owners who have had to navigate timber shortages, employee absenteeism and COVID in the workplace, all whilst trying to ride the wave of the current housing boom, we want to talk about how we can turn stress into a superpower. Even without the pressure of business, Christmas can be a stressful time of the year as it's a time when money stops flowing into the business but wages for holidays are continually paying out. It's important that you take a break and look after yourself as too many business owners see Christmas as an opportunity to catch up after a hectic year. But we must ensure that this doesn't lead to increased stress and burnout. Over the past three years, FTMA has been buying motivational books to help members We've sent you Who Moved My Cheese at the start of the pandemic, which was all about coping with change. In 2021, we gave the book Fish, which tackled ways to increase performance through boosted morale in the workplace. This year, FTMA members have been sent a copy of Stress Teflon, written by Luke Mathers, who was our keynote speaker at the National Conference. This book is about identifying ways to turn your stress into a superpower, and I have to say that for me, this book has truly changed my life. Do I still get stressed? (laughs) Bloody oath, just ask Nikita. But I don't hold on to that stress as I've learnt now how to let it go. For me, this has helped in the workplace but has also helped with my body pain as stress, unfortunately for me, causes pain. I know that many probably haven't had the chance to read the book, so today we are joined by the author, Luke Mathers, to talk about how you can turn stress into a superpower and how as business owners you can enjoy the Christmas break and ensure you're reinvigorated for 2023. Please join me in welcoming Luke Mathers. Welcome to F&T time, Luke. So before we get started, how do you have your F&T? <laughs> Milk, two sugars, thanks, Kirsten. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> how do you have your F&T? Way to start up with a bang. I know. Well, F&T stands for frame and trust, but everyone just thought, oh, everyone went dirty-minded straight away. So, yeah. As you do. Yes. As you do. The potty mouth version of you just race to, races to the surface. Definitely. So, Luke, I'm an absolute avid reader. I've read, read your three books and uh, absolutely love it. But for those listeners who don't know who you are, could you just give a brief introduction? Yeah, I, I guess my, my main thing is I help people get better at stress. Um, I actually think that we've demonised it. I reckon we've made stress into this awful thing that we can't have any of. And I reckon we do that at your peril. And I guess it all started most recently. It started with um, I was one of the original directors of Specsavers in Australia. So um, when Specsavers came to Australia, I'd owned one of their practices in the UK and we went around the country and sold it, sold the dream to Australian optometrists. And we opened 100 stores in 100 days and that was like super stressful, really, really hard. If anyone's ever opened a retail store or you know, tried to build 100 houses in 100 days, same sort of thing. And we had a really big team and they had a really big budget to do it. Um, it was super stressful, but, geez, it was fun. And I kind of looked at that and went, wow, that just fired me up. That was just so much fun. And then about five years into the Specsavers journey, I looked at some of the businesses that were running really well and other ones that were really struggling and tried to find out what the difference was between these really good ones here and these not so good ones here. 
And what we discovered was that the leaders in the businesses that were going really well were really good at managing stress. They were really good at being able to fire up when it's time to fire up, but also being able to chill out on purpose. And um, once we did that and once, once I kind of twigged to that, I went down rabbit holes of how stress works and why we have it. And, um, yeah, I guess that's when Stress Teflon was born. Fantastic. So this year um, – you spoke at our conference, which was really well received, and I bought a copy of Stress Teflon for every single one of our members. We've sent it out. For me, um, as I explained in the intro, it's just changed my life. I still get stressed. Of course I do, but I get over it a lot quicker and, and it doesn't hurt me. So can you explain why our members should read Stress Teflon? Uh, yeah, I guess I, one of the things we probably should clarify at the start, if any of your members are under 30, they don't have a bloody clue what Teflon is, so, um, which makes life a little bit hard. It probably, in retrospect, it wasn't the best name in the world. But it's basically we want to make stress non-stick. And if all of this stuff, I and you, you notice when you read Stress Teflon, I take it back to evolutionary biology. We take it back to cavemen did this stuff and so this stuff happens to us too. And so basically we're just cavemen with iPhones where there's not really, biologically there's not a lot of difference. And so the stress system is there to fire us up and it's there to get us away from tigers, all right? The hassle is no one's running away from a tigers for six months, you either, you either get away and you're okay or you don't get away and you get eaten. <laughs> There's sort of, it's pretty binary back, back in those times. And we don't sit and, and ponder things and get worried about them quite so much. We either, you know, we either got away or we didn't. And um, I think that's how a stress system's designed to do. It's meant to fire us up, but then it's meant to chill down. And one of the things is that because of the way society works now, we're getting the fire up come at us all the time but we're not getting the chill down. We're not getting the relax. And I think we've got to start sort of relaxing on purpose. Yeah, definitely have to. So we're coming up to the time of year when we are meant to be relaxing, you know. We're coming up to that Christmas break, but a lot of business owners use the break as a time to catch up and think, right, everyone's out of the way. I can focus on getting things in order. How important is it to actually relax at Christmas when they can because they'll be back at it again in January full tilt? Yeah, I, I think I think it is really important, but I reckon it's only a very small part of the puzzle. I think we've got to sort of incorporate the habits of being able to chill out and relax all throughout our weeks, all throughout our years. Because one of the problems is that, and I'm sure you've had this as well. You go on holidays, you have you know you have your week off. It takes you four days to actually wind down before you actually feel like you're on holidays. And then you have a day or two when you're on holidays and you have two or three days where you start doing to-do lists of what you're going to do when you go back to work. Yep. All right? But if we get into the habit of catching those those times when we're getting wound up and being able to pull it back down, if we make sure we do the things every week that sort of bring us joy and relax us and empty our stress bucket, and if we have some time every week where we just have no responsibilities and nothing we have to do and we just relax, then what can happen is when we do turn into Christmas holidays, we're on holidays from day one. We're not waiting till day four to finally relax. So we've kind of got to get in the habit of being able to rev up and fire up but then being able to pull ourselves back down again. I think I think that's the thing that we've got to try and work out how to do. And so how do they? If, they, if they're not going to read the book straight away, what are the tips that business owners can actually start to implement now that will help them. I think that one of the things we talk about in, in my second book, Reset, was 
um, a thing called catch, wait, and reset. And I think this is this has really worked very well. Um, and basically, catch, wait, and reset is catch the physical sign that you're feeling stressed. Our body's going to give us a little a little alarm bell. It's going to give us a little red flag to say, look, pay attention here. You, there's something going on. And your body will tell you something. The hassle is that if we're chronically stressed, if we're feeling it all the time, we've, we don't hear that anymore. It's like a screaming toddler. If the screaming toddler's always screaming, you never hear it. And if our stress system's always on, we don't take notice of it anymore. And so we've got to be able to reset so that we can hear it again. But to understand what your body tells you when you're feeling stressed, like mine is I get knots in my stomach just underneath my ribs. All right. What would yours be, Kirsten? I get that butterfly. So, I, I mean, I love public speaking, but whether I'm going up to give a speech or on the back of the truck at a rally in the past, I just, I could feel that bumping in my chest, that beating and... Well, it's like the Bugs Bunny beating where it's coming out like this. Yeah, it really was. It was like, oh, come on. And I just put my hand on my chest and do the the, the breaths to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and for me that was that was always the capture. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, and also when you get that anger, you know, when you get that blind anger, that old brain... <laughs> That old brain hicking in where you sit there and go, you get so angry about something and it's, yeah, stopping. So that, that's been the part for me is that, yeah, that, that part about stopping. Yeah, I, I did a conference for a whole bunch of um, finance brokers yesterday and we were going around the room and sort of asking what, the, what people's triggers were, what, what were the things that actually told them that they were feeling stressed. And we got all the usual knots in the stomach and the heartbeat like you did. Um, one lady says she rubs her ear. She plays with her earlobes when she's feeling stressed. Another bloke said he sweats through his head. <laughs> um, so, but to understand what yours is, you know, it might be that your, your tongue's stuck to the roof of your mouth or your mouth goes really dry when you're feeling stressed, those sorts of things. But what we've done in the past is we've used them as a bit of a trigger to go into what I call an old brain shitstorm. And we'll talk about old brains and new brains in a minute. But an old brain shitstorm is where the fight or flight just goes off. Oh, my God, my heart's beating really fast. This must be bad. Look how terrible it is. My heart's beating even faster. And, and everything's terrible. So what I'd love people to do is use that physical sign, whatever it is. Mine's knots in my stomach. And my knots in my stomach, instead of being a trigger to get anxious, is now a cue to get curious. You know, okay, what am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? And is it helping? And by asking those questions, we get the smart part of our brain back in the game. And that actually helps us solve the problems. When we go into an old brain shitstorm, that's when the, the fight or flight takes over and the smart part of our brain goes missing then. Yeah, and you can't reason with yourself when you're no, in that sort, exactly. sort of mind. Yeah. And I guess once you've actually then got that back to what am I thinking, that's where the reset part of that comes in. And reset, like on your computer, is that control-alt-delete. What can I control? What are my alternatives? And what do I need to get rid of? And so it's a, it's a three-step process that each have a few steps in it as well. So it's catch the physical sign, wait is what am I thinking, and reset is control-alt-delete. What can I control? What are my alternatives and what do I need to get rid of? And it's amazing when we do that, our, our smart new part of our brain and our fight-or-flight old brain come back together when we, when we do the catch, wait, and reset. So to me, that's just something that I would love to every kid in every school around the country to be able to go catch, wait, and reset and understand how that works. I think if we can get into the habit of doing that when things get stressful, we're probably going to rip less people's heads off. We're probably going to get into, into more trouble from doing stupid things because we're all fired up. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to make decisions that are deliberate then. 
and not just spur of the moment things that often make things worse. And Reese, it was. It was just. It was such a quick read, and and was you can download that on your website, can't you, or, or access it? You can. You can download both Stress Teflon and Reset um, on my website for free. And both of them, if you if you go to um, Reset Luke Mathers in Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, both the audio books are in there for free as well. Oh, fantastic! Because I actually took a copy of Reset down to my cousin, who's a deputy principal at the high school, because I just I, I thought like you. I just thought. Every kid at school needs to read this because it's just it, it is such simple techniques and that really work. It was it was it was such a a sad awful story that you know that book was born from from a suicide death of one of my daughter's best friends and it was terrible. It was an absolutely hideous time and. Zara, who died, her best friend is Ali, and Ali and I wrote that book together. And our, our sort of goal for that was that it was going to be a, an upstream solution to help kids that are really struggling. And from all reports, the people that have read it have really got some tools out of it that'll help. And it, although I've, we wrote it for teenagers, I actually think it works for everyone. I don't think you have to be a teenager to read it. Oh, definitely. No, I totally agree. The other things that I got from your book, when you talk about that old brain, new brain, can you, exp- you, you know, you just, mm-hmm. you know, is that caveman versus the new? Because once I read the book, I'd watch TV and in my head I'm going, yeah, old brain, new brain. Oh, that's yeah. all I can see anytime. Scott would crack it at me and I go, yeah, yeah, he's using his old brain, of course, because it's <laughs> arguing with me. But can you explain to the listeners what it means? Yeah, well, our brains have evolved over millions and millions of years and they've kind of gone on in layers like an onion. And our old brain, which is the bit above our spinal cord in the middle of our head, is the bits that you know, you, that reptiles have. It's the bit that monkeys have. It's the bit that your dog has. They all have that same thing. And it's all about fight or flight. It's all about keeping us safe. And it's really, really reactive. The old brain is there to be quick. It's either on or it's off. This is good or it's bad. It's, it's black or it's white. It's really binary and it's super quick. And if you've ever, if you've ever done something like, um, gone to step out on a road and a bus goes past and you've jumped back before you've even realized the bus is there, right? That's old brain's awesome. It's really, yeah. really good. Without it, we're not going to slam on the brakes, you know, before we realize what's happened and stop crashes and stuff. It's really reactive. And in keeping us safe in that sort of situation, it's awesome. It's fantastic. The hassle is that one of the things the old brain does and what the stress system does in general is it, prioritizes fight or flight and it turns off the other stuff so it's there to help you run away from tigers when you're in the jungle and what when that happens your body your body produces cortisol and adrenaline which which get your heart breathing faster so you you have your heartbeat faster is your catch right so it's there on purpose um it then pumps blood more to things like your legs and your arms so you can run and fight um it also makes you breathe a little bit quicker so that you get more oxygen your liver dumps sugar into the system so you, you have more energy. And all of these things are designed to make us run or fight. And it's a good system. We, we should have it, all right? But what cortisol also does, it turns off the stuff we don't need. You don't need your digestive system to work. Um, anyone with irritable bowel syndrome, those people almost invariably don't have a great relationship with stress. Yeah. So you, you don't need your digestive system to work if you're running away from tigers. You don't need your immune system to work. You get sick more, all right? You get sick more when you're really, really stressed, all right? Um, Sometimes that can work a couple of different ways. Sometimes a bit of stress can actually protect you from sickness. Too much actually makes it worse. Um, 
you don't need your really smart part of your brain to work. You don't need to do maths and stuff when you're running away from tigers. So the new part of your brain, which does all of the all of the difficult stuff, that comes missing. And so when your old brain's in charge, basically you become really defensive and you become really dumb. You do the thing that's going to protect you in that instance and you sometimes don't make smart decisions. So what we've got to do is be able to connect our brains again and get our new brain back into it because your new brain is the one that can plan for the future your new brain is the one that has language and it has kind of the nuance and shades of gray and and we kind of need that sometimes but what happens with all of this is once we've got our new brain back on then we can make decisions that have logic and emotion in together and that's really important yeah, totally agree. One thing that um, really came out after the conference and, and I got from the book as well is about your tribe. And it was funny, after the conference, we could hear people talking about, oh, yeah, I found my tribe. And and that night, that was, I mean, besides the fact we had a jungle safari that night, so tribe was a good word to use. But for me, that's been a really big one in regards to cutting people out in regards to, you know, that toxicity in your life and making sure you look at what your tribe is and who you want who do you want around? Yeah. Because, you know, we waste so much time and energy on people that you really shouldn't have in your life. Yeah, we can do that. But you've also got to be really, really careful about how you're turning up. You don't have a whole lot of control over them, but you do have a lot of control over how you're turning up. And I think that's really important. But uh, your point about, you know, it's almost a control-alt-delete thing, isn't it? You know, what can I control about the people in my tribe? What do I need to change and what do I need to delete? And there are some people that are that are just toxic. Yep. All right. And to be able to to be able to have those conversations, then also to question yourself as to you know why am I pushing hard for this relationship that's not serving me, and how else can I move on? It does. It makes you look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So the other side that helped for me was that what gave me pride from inside, mm-hmm. and so I've always been involved in community activities, but I kept saying no. I've done enough. I've done my bit. And I focused on work, whereas I wasn't making time for those other community things. But I've done a few community things recently, and it makes me feel good. And when I feel good, I want to be doing more anyway. Yeah, it's a a really weird thing. And and part of the stuff I talk about a lot is that we sometimes need more stress in our life. And that seems really weird when my bucket's full, I haven't got time to do anything. But there's something about going out and helping other people in a way that's that sort of not for your benefit, I'm just doing it because it's a really good thing to do. It actually makes you feel good about yourself. You let a little dopamine hit and that actually decreases your stress hormone. So you might be doing more things, but those things are actually having a net effect of actually lowering your stress hormones because you're doing these things that you're quite proud of. So it's it's a strange one that you think I'm too busy, I'm going to take something else on. But sometimes that can actually be the answer. Yeah. But Often when we're too busy, we're too busy because we're we're spinning our wheels too fast. We're wasting a lot of energy. And to be able to go away, refresh your brain a little bit and then come back and see things through new eyes often is a really cool way to stop just spinning your wheels and actually get a bit more effective. And Christmas is a good time. So as a business owner, is there any real calculation out there of how long you really need to take to, to refresh? So is it four days? Is it that, you know, six days? What is it? out there for that really people have to stress yeah i I don't know whether i think that's going to be very individual across the board but i reckon our 
I reckon, like we talked about before, was we've got to get better at doing those little resets really, really regularly. Not just say, oh, I'm going to flog myself until Christmas. Because the hassle with that is then you're going into Christmas completely cooked and you know, God knows how long you need then. But if we can make it part of our sort of, this is my go-to, this is what I do every week. I never miss my coffee with the girls on Tuesday morning. I never miss my golf on Wednesday. I, I make sure I have my transition from work to home so I can have all of the busy stuff I have at work. But you know, I, had a, I had a lady in a workshop um, on Tuesday and she was, has a really stressful job. It's really full on. She has a big team, lots of balls in the air and it's a real struggle. She's always on the phone. And she was saying that there's an intersection about 10 minutes from her, her home between home and work. And what she does is every single time she goes through that intersection, that's her cue to turn her phone off and she just listens to to some really good music all the way home. And that's her her 10 minutes that she has to make sure she turns up at home as a good mum, as a good wife, and wants to actually walk in the door in a good frame of mind rather than hanging up the phone in the driveway and walking in kicking stones because someone hasn't done what you thought they should have done. Yeah. So to have that proper transition. Um, a friend of mine who I've presented with a few times, a guy called Adam Fraser, wrote a book called The Third Space. And that's a great one. It's about utilizing those little transitions in your day. I think things like that are really important as well because if you go home carrying all the stresses that you had from work, you're then going to end up, you know, blooming with your partner and then I've got the stress of that as well and you're not actually emptying your buckets in the evening and you're not doing those little micro resets. And I think, I think they're really important to do. Very important, harder to, harder to do and, and implement as a small business owner and to let go, but if they're not looking after themselves, then there's no way they can be looking after everyone else in the business as well. Yeah, it's a bit of a cliche. It's almost like the planes, you know, when when the cabin crew do the thing, when oxygen drops, you know, put your mask on before helping someone else's. Um, we kind of look at that and it, it doesn't make sense. I'd, I'd want to look after my kid first, but you're no good to them if you've passed out. So putting your mask on and, yeah, self-care always sounds a little bit wanky to me. It does. <laughs> um, it just always sounds a little bit sort of woke and a little bit, yeah, whatever. But I don't know, just... I think everyone's got to have a go-to, a thing that I know when my, when my bucket, when I'm up to here, what am I going to do that I know is going to sort my shit out? Yep. And have a go-to with that. And I reckon, I reckon the more of us that have that, we use those cues and, and signals that our body's telling us. Um, another lady at the, at the conference yesterday said her, her catch was she starts getting crabby at people. Yep. All right. When I start getting crabby at people and then I said, okay, well, if you recognize that, what's your thing that you can do that will actually stop you being crabby? And her thing is she went for a walk in the bush. Yeah, I was going to say mine's walking. Yeah. I, I, I put my headphones on and go for short walks. Can't do too long, but I'll go for short walks and, and that clears my head. Whereas my husband, he's got the horse, so he loves going around picking up horse shit, really. <laughs> so that's his de stressor every day. So perfect <laughs> so way to start. Him telling the day. Me that. Yep. I remember him telling me that. Yep. How do you de stress? He says, I pick up horse shit. Yeah, exactly. Right. And everyone in Hillsville drives past and they all know that, yep, Scott's de stressing in the paddock. <laughs> Scott's had a big day. He's out there finding some horseshit. Yep, yep. So, Luke, is there any other tips that you would recommend to people in the lead up to Christmas? Yeah, I, I reckon the biggest biggest one is that have some time um, have some times away from your technology. Put your phone away. Put it in another room. Um, the amount of people are sitting there. You know, you're relaxing. You know, watching Love Actually, which is <laughs> something like that that you might do at Christmas. Uh, but 
But to actually do that with your phones in another room. Yep. Be, a, be able to, to sort of disconnect a little bit. Go for a walk in nature. Do things because you want to do them, not because you have to. I reckon that's one of the keys. Find something that brings you joy. Take notice of the fact I love that. That felt awesome to go for that walk in, walk in the forest. I'm going to do that again. Next time I feel stressed, bring it on. That's going to be my go-to. Yeah. So thanks very much for joining us. I encourage the FTMA members to read that book before Christmas. It really has changed my life and those that have reported back to me have done it too. So thanks very much, Luke. We truly appreciate you coming on F&T Time. Pleasure, Kirsten. Always good to see you. Thanks for listening to another episode of F&T Time. We hope you take some tips from today and use them in everyday life. Whether it's remembering to catch, wait and reset, or simply allowing yourself time to de-stress and turn your phone off for a while over the summer break. It's these small things that can truly make a difference and help you on the path to becoming stressed Teflon. Thanks once again to Luke for joining us and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time for another episode of F&T Time.